Hello, friends. Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite hockey team every single weekday. I don't know if you've noticed, but the chair I'm sitting on and record on is quite creaky, so I apologize if you hear that in the background every single day. But um, hey, that's what I have to work with over here. Uh, Today is Thursday, January 23rd. This is episode 81 of the podcast, if you can believe it. Um, The Bruins are off till next Friday. So what are we going to talk about exactly for the next several days? Well, I hope to get some guests on so that you don't have to listen to my voice all the time. Uh, Today, we'll kind of tee up what to expect from Bruins, who will be at All-Star Weekend. Uh, I got a couple of mailbag questions to answer, and then we'll take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. First, I'd like to remind you that you can find me on Twitter.com at Ian C. McLaren. That's I-A-N-C-M-C-L-A-R-E-N. You can also follow the show's podcast handle at L-O underscore Boston Bruins. The Locked On Boston Bruins podcast is available wherever podcasts uh, can be found, whether it be Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Pocket Casts, uh, Apple users in particular, I'd encourage you to leave a rating and a review uh, today. When you download, that would be very much appreciated. So yes, it is All-Star Weekend coming up uh, beginning tomorrow, actually beginning today, as um, David Pasternak and head coach Bruce Cassidy head to St. Louis uh, for for the event. And uh, I believe today... Later on this afternoon, it will be media day, uh, so the players will be asked some uh, poignant questions, I'm sure. On Friday will be the All-Stars Skills Competition. Uh, David Pasternak will take part in a brand new Shooting Stars event, uh, during which 10 different players, 8 NHLers and 2 women All-Stars, uh, will shoot at targets from platforms set up in the stands roughly 30 feet above the ice surface. Um, just kind of crazy. It will be a, a pretty fun event to watch, I'm sure. Uh, last season, as you re- may recall, uh, in his first All-Star appearance, Pasternak won the accuracy shooting competition, knocking down the five targets in 11.136 seconds, the first Bruin to win the event since Ray Bork back in 2000 Ray Bork uh, was a uh, frequent winner of that competition. That was always a treat to watch every year to see how quickly he would take care of those targets. Following that, uh, there'll be some other uh, skills competition events, of course, fastest skater, breakaway. Uh, There's the women's three-on-three tournament this year as well. And then on Saturday will be the uh, actual All-Star Game, which over the past few years has been broken up into three-on-three tournaments, Metro versus the Atlantic, Central versus Pacific, and then the final will be played between uh, the winners of both of those games. Bruce Cassidy will be coaching the uh, Atlantic Division team, and uh, Pasternak's teammates will include Tyler Bertuzzi of the Detroit Red Wings, Anthony Duclair of the Ottawa Senators, Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres, 
Jonathan Huberto of the Florida Panthers, Mitch Marner from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Austin Matthews was supposed to play for the Atlantic, but he is out with a uh, nagging wrist injury and has been replaced by Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators. On defense will be Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Shea Weber of the Montreal Canadiens, and in net we will have uh, Frederick Anderson of the Maple Leafs and Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Tuka Rask was supposed to be there. He's sidelined with a concussion. Uh, he had been selected to the All-Star team, but he opted out of the festivities, choosing instead to use the break to spend time with his family, catch up on some rest and relaxation before the stretch run. Uh, that was, of course, prior to the concussion, uh, which has uh, since sidelined him. Uh, hopefully he's able to come back prior to, uh, or sorry, directly after the All-Star break. Uh, the concussion... Uh, presumably means that he won't be suspended for a game for bowing out of, of the competition as players uh, are subject to when they willingly choose not to participate. You'll notice the Atlantic only has two defensemen on the roster, uh, meaning we might see some three forward deployment, uh, which would be pretty entertaining. David Pasternak, of course, Leads the NHL in goals with 37 at the All-Star break. Uh, he is also, uh, I believe, in fourth place in the NHL scoring race. One of only four players to reach the 70-point mark at the All-Star break. Connor McDavid leads the NHL with 76 points. Leon Dreisaitl second with 75, also of the Oilers. And Nathan McKinnon with uh, 72 points. Uh, McKinnon is the captain of the uh, central team. McDavid is the captain of the Pacific team and Dreisaitl will be there as well. So um, the top four scorers will all be there. Artemi Panarin is in fifth in NHL scoring. He has um, been replaced due to injury. Uh, Jonathan Huberto will also be there. While Brad Marchand, who is tied with Huberto with 65 points, uh, was not selected to the All-Star game. Uh, so that's uh, what the weekend will look like for Pasternak and head coach Bruce Cassidy. Uh, be sure, again, to keep an eye on at ENC McLaren and at LO underscore Boston Bruins for uh, news and notes coming out of St. Louis in relation to our Boston Bruin All-Stars. Uh, should be a fun uh, weekend. Uh, obviously, um, not quite as maybe hallowed as it used to be. A lot of players choosing not to go. Um, I mentioned the other day that there are two Ottawa Senators on the roster, which, you know, means you can't take it too seriously. Got a bit of flack for that. Uh, It was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but uh, you know what I mean. Um, Kind of designed more for the kids to attract new hockey fans, uh, but still fun to watch uh, and always need to have the entire hockey world descend onto one spot uh, for an entire weekend. So uh, do check it out if you can. And uh, if not, uh, you know, how else can we spend our time over the break? Well, for myself, I'm actually looking forward to part eight of The Ranch popping up on Netflix. Kind of a guilty pleasure show of mine. I've enjoyed uh, the seven previous installations 
and I'll be watching that for sure. Uh, I've also been watching The Outsider on HBO, which is a show starring Jason Bateman and Ben Mendelsohn based on a uh, Stephen King novel, book, short story. I'm not really sure, uh, but it's quite uh, quite an interesting story, a little creepy and uh, really interested, interested to see how that plays out. Uh, so those are a couple of things that I'll be enjoying over the weekend and in the absence of Boston Bruins hockey, uh, also keeping an eye on other Atlantic Division teams, of course. I uh, opened up the mailbag for this uh, edition of the Boston Bruins Locked On Boston Bruins podcast and got a couple questions. Uh, the first came from at Jess Belmosto, uh, who has been a guest on the podcast before. Uh, before I get to her question, I should mention that uh, Jess's dad had a serious stroke the other day, and um, she has set up, or a GoFundMe has been set up to help support the family through this time. You can find information about that at Jess Belmosto. Uh, but her question was, uh, first reaction to seeing pics of the old gang back together. In case you missed it, Milan Lucic, uh, posted a picture on Twitter uh, yesterday of him and Nathan Horton. Uh, it looks like uh, the two of them had gathered to um, enjoy a vacation together over the All-Star break. Later on in the day, David Krejci appeared in his natural center spot uh, as the line of 17, 46, and 18 was reunited. Of course, that was... Uh, a dominant line for the Bruins during the 2011 run to the Stanley Cup. Um, arguably the Bruins' uh, top line at the time, the number one line, uh, with Lucic, Krejci, and Horton, uh, with Marshan, Bergeron, and Mark Recchi on the second line. Um, Horton, of course, was injured during the Stanley Cup final, having been... Uh, the recipient of a very late and suspension-worthy hit by Aaron Rome. Rich Peverly ended up taking up that spot. Um, so seeing them together kind of made me emotional, really. Um, I loved that line, obviously. They were very dominant, and um, I especially felt a connection to the Game 7 goal that um, Nathan Horton scored against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the um, Eastern Conference Final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I actually wrote about that um, before um, the time hockey made me cry. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was an emotional moment for me when they scored that goal, when Nathan Horton scored that goal. Um, honestly, I don't tear up as much as I used to. My first memory of crying comes from kindergarten when I slipped on some ice outside the school and busted up my chin, had to get stitches. In grade three or four, someone tossed a pencil at me. It landed inside my glasses, poking me in the eye. I cried a bit then, but was so embarrassed when the teacher helped wipe my nose that I yelled honk into the tissue uh, and kids laughed to kind of ease the tension. Um, I cried on our wedding day when my three sons were born. Uh, these days, I get emotional maybe when I watch an episode of This Is Us or um, when our boys tell a story 
of kids not including them at school or our, our kids being mean to them. Um, hockey has only made me cry once as far as I can remember. It was back in 2011, like I mentioned. The Bruins had just won Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. They did it three times that year, if you remember. Uh, opening round against the Canadians, third round against the Lightning, and then, of course, in Vancouver uh, in the final. Um, you know, I've been a hockey Boston hockey fan for over two decades by that point. Really come to love the team in their early 90s. Thanks to Cam Neely, Adam Oates, Bork. Um, the team hadn't attained much success since I had become a serious fan, kind of in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, they had that infamous collapse against Philadelphia the year before. And, uh, you know, the run in 2011 almost didn't happen. Uh, as we all remember, Montreal went up 2 nothing in the opening round. Uh, beating Boston on home ice. Uh, the Bruins fought back, pushed the series to seven games, and won in overtime thanks to Nathan Horton. At that point, didn't really make me cry. It was more relief. Um, in round three, the Bruins were once again faced with a game seven on home ice, this time against Tampa Bay. Uh, Vancouver had already won at West, and as the President's Trophy winners, they were you know, the cup favorites awaiting their next uh, opponents. Um, all I wanted in that moment was for the Bruins to get a chance to win it all. Uh, the game was painstakingly scoreless until late in the third period uh, when Horton once again clinched it off with a, a sweet feed from David Krejci. The Bruins held on, and as the celebrations began, I couldn't help but, uh, you know, wipe some tears off my cheeks, uh, to be honest. We had a nine-month-old baby at the time. Uh, he and my wife were both sleeping, so I had to go out into the backyard. I raised my hands in the air, let out a whispery, teary, celebratory cry into the atmosphere. Uh, if my neighbors had looked out, they would have thought that I was nuts. Uh, it kind of seems silly looking back, crying over a game played by people I've never met. I was certainly overtired at the time. Uh, see the note about the baby that I mentioned. I never really see my favorite team advance to the final with years of disappointment behind me. Uh, the fact it was up in the air until the very end set it apart from Game 7 of the next round, which was won with far less dramatics and was enjoyed uh, by yours truly with smiles and beers with the 4-0 result. Um I didn't get as emotional here in twenty or in twenty nineteen as I did in twenty eleven, but I did tear up a bit when the Bruins uh, swept the Hurricanes. Uh, it wasn't just uh, Chara coming out on the ice to accept the Prince of Wales Trophy in full gear after that jaw injury, or Bergeron hanging back as the last Bruin, hugging every member of the team as they skated off. It was actually when Cam Neely personally congratulated the players on their way back to the locker room. You really get a sense of the bond formed by these players. It's something that uh, Rich Peverly actually mentioned uh, on this podcast a couple months ago uh, that really sticks with players. And we were reminded of that yesterday with Lucic's picture. And um, yeah, to answer your question, Jess, uh, finally, my first reaction to seeing those pics of that line back together was uh, obviously fondness, joy, uh, some nostalgia, 
and just really thankful that we got to see this team win a cup and um you know the names on the shirt that i have the names on the cup those are etched forever in hockey history and for us bruins fans who are fortunate enough to witness that um you know that team will always have a special place in our hearts the second question came from chris mancuso uh he's from uh bruins diehards he asks what do you make of the one game jeremy lozon call up seemed like a showcase to other teams to me uh that's certainly very possible uh, he was more effective in my mind than John Moore uh, playing with Matt Grizzlick. He obviously scored that goal. Um, he's a very solid, dependable, young defenseman. It's very possible that he's being showcased uh, for trade purposes. We all know that there is a need um, both at the right wing position and also uh, on defense in terms of a right-hand shot. Uh, Lozon is, of course, a left-hand shot. It'd be nice to have that right-hander to go alongside Grizzlick on the third pair uh, to show other GMs that he is able to hang at the NHL level is certainly important if the Bruins are looking to uh, add prospects or young players in a package to upgrade. Um, you know, if they're targeting Kyle Palmieri, we all know that he has a uh, another year left on his contract, so teams will probably want. Uh, players who can step into the lineup right away to fill that void. Uh, they do have a history of trading with their New York Rangers. If Chris Kreider is their number one target, uh, the package for Rick Nash was uh, Ryan Lindgren, who is a young defenseman. He's playing for the Rangers now, uh, a first round pick and Ryan Spooner. So, you know, roster player pick uh, NHL ready ish prospect. Um, so, yeah, if that's a similar package that they're going to send for uh, Kreider, then Lozon could be that Ryan Lindgren type piece to add in there. Um, and maybe Danton Heinen taking that Ryan Spooner role. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, I, I certainly think that's a possibility, Chris. And, um, you know, if if not, then I do think that Lozon is a, a dependable uh, young defenseman that the Bruins could um continue to deploy but i think they're really just assessing what they have among the young options i wouldn't be surprised if see he is sent back down maybe vacanine and get some games uh, to see if he's ready to step in um, ultimately if sweeney can fill those holes internally uh, it would be better for the team so as not to have to give up assets and also because of their current uh, salary cap situation as well which is very limited Thanks for those questions, and uh, we'll open up the mailbag again next week. And, um, yeah, let's now move on to some news and notes from around the NHL. I already mentioned uh, Austin Matthews out with a nagging wrist injury will be sidelined for the All-Star game. Uh, Brady Kachuk will be his replacement. It'll be interesting to see if Matthews is impeded by that injury once the uh, play resumes. We all know he's only a few goals back of David Pasternak in the Richard Trophy race with Alexander Ovechkin tied with Matthews as well. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the Blue Jackets picked up their sixth straight win uh, against Winnipeg last night. 
he, uh, sorry, the Blue Jackets uh, continue to get some uh, strong play out of rookie goaltender Elvis Merzilikens. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people thought that they'd take some steps back after losing Bobrovsky, Panarin, uh, all the guys that they acquired at the deadline, chose to move on, like Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle. But right now they're uh, sitting in first in the uh, wildcard race, and they're only one point back of the New York Islanders, although with two more games played. Um, so, yeah, really surprising uh, efforts from the Blue Jackets, and full credit to uh, head coach John Tortorella for keeping the team afloat. Um, Minnesota Wild defenseman Matt Dumba, a very cool story here. He provided roadside assistance to a family stranded on a highway following Monday's game against the Florida Panthers. We all know how uh, these things can take off on social media. Dumba didn't really want it to get out, but um, after the team's loss the other night against the Panthers, uh, he was driving home when he saw a car stalled in the middle of the road. He rolled down his window to see what was wrong, offered to help. He said there was a lady outside the car. She was asking for help. Uh, They needed gas, so I offered to take her husband to the gas station. Other cars kept going past, and no one really stopped. Uh, The family didn't have any idea who he was. Uh, He didn't really want them to. It wasn't really about that, he said. Another passerby uh, stopped and noticed that it was Dumba who was um, taking care of the family. Uh, he wrote on social media after grinding 20 minutes on the ice and with all the preparation and hard work it takes to play in the NHL, it would have been easy for Mr. Dumba to drive by just like the other people did. Instead, he went out of his way to help these individuals that he didn't know so they could be warm and make it to where they needed to go. So good on Dumba for doing that. This is courtesy of, um, Dave Mizutani. Dane Mizutani of the uh, Twin Cities Pioneer Press. A really cool story, and good on Dumba for doing that. Uh, In not-so-great news, um, police in Philadelphia are investigating an alleged physical assault against Gritty the mascot after he allegedly punched a 13-year-old boy in the back during a game at Wells Fargo Arena in November. The Flyers released a statement saying they didn't believe there was anything to this. They did their own investigation. Uh, so we'll see if that goes anywhere. But gritty, gritty being gritty. Uh, on the rumor side of things, um, I should mention Elliot Friedman wrote his 31 thoughts yesterday, and there was a note about David Backus in there. Uh, David Backus, as we all know, was waived the other day, and uh, the Bruins gave him some time to figure out what he wants to do next. Uh Freeman wrote, after waving Bacchus, the Bruins gave him the extended break to take some time before the next step. Neither the organization nor his agent, Wade Arnett, would comment further, but there's one rumor that can be put to rest. I'm told Bacchus will not be retiring, Friedman wrote. He's got one more year at $4 million in cash uh, waiting for him on his deal. Bacchus now could uh, demand a trade. He could refuse the assignment or... um, yeah, just choose to play for the Providence Bruins for the balance of the season. Uh, so we'll see what happens there coming out of the break. Um, you may have noticed as well that uh, Jake DeBrusque is using a new stick. It's the Bauer Nexus ADV. 
which won't be made available to the public until the 25th. Uh, it has a hole in the blade, kind of the length of, not the whole length of the blade, obviously, but um, uh, he used it to score that game-tying goal against Vegas the other night. Um, he attended a summer event in Boston with uh, some pretty good other players, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alex Lafreniere, Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, he was looking forward to trying out for real, according to Freeman, and it, it's paying off so far. So uh, we'll see if uh, that becomes a mainstay for him moving forward. I believe he told uh, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe the other day that uh, it really uh, effing pops <laughs> or rips uh, if you hit it in the sweet spot. So, um yeah, look out for him to use that goal stick a little bit more in the future. Uh, other rumors, not really anything relevant to the Bruins. Again, we're all just waiting to see uh, what happens, especially after the All-Star break when trade talks really start to kick in. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. My name, of course, is ENC McLaren. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network your favorite team every single day. I hope you all have a great Thursday. No hockey at all tonight. Um, But yeah, I hope keep yourselves entertained. Let me know what you're watching. If you have any recs for entertainment during these hockey free days. And again, I'll try to get some guests on the podcast. You don't have to listen to just my voice over the next days. Uh, Tomorrow. uh, Yeah. Who knows what we'll talk about, but, I'm sure we'll find something to get into. Thanks again for listening. Hope you all have a great day. Take care, friends.